Welcome to Busy House Happy Home, where you can ask Charlie your home dilemmas and I will help you along with my expert friends so your busy house becomes a happy home. I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce Tori onto the podcast today. Now, I listened to an episode of um, Tori talking to Dr. Tara on her podcast, Reinvent Yourself. And I found the episode so moving. I reached out, I sent Tori a message and she has very kindly agreed to come and chat to us today. So Tori, welcome to Busy House, Happy Home. It's gorgeous to have you here. Thank you so much, Charlie. It is such a pleasure. Sounds like we're going to have a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So, So Tori, will you tell our listeners where you are? Yes. So I am currently sitting in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, California, and we are going to be talking about all kinds of fun spiritual stuff today. Should I explain my background a little bit? Yeah, please, please tell our listeners about your background because it's fascinating. Yeah, I'll start with the easy Western stuff or kind of like where my certifications and degrees are. And then we can go into my my childhood history too, or, or my, I guess my path to getting here is the best way to say it. So yeah, I've got a bachelor's and a master's in in psychology. My bachelor's was clinical psychology. I really felt like that was great. I almost became a therapist, but it didn't quite feel right. And so I took some time off. I went into HR and then I actually went back and got my master's in psychology. That was much more of a um, holistic psychology degree, which I loved. It, It included a lot more about spirituality and how to look at the person more of a mind, body, soul than just the mind and just medication and all those kinds of things. So I loved that. And then I started my practice. I've been coaching and mentoring people for since 2010, really. And I absolutely love that. But I've also got all kinds of different certifications from yoga, meditation, Ayurveda. I'm studying Vedic astrology now. I also practice something called energy psychology, which is um, something that uses the energetic meridians, include the soul in helping to clear out difficult experiences, trauma, things like that. So you are so qualified. (laughs) Quite incredible. Um, You know, you know about so many different things. And that's why I wanted to have, you know, this conversation with you because it is such a minefield out there. And I, you know, people don't necessarily know where to start and I I really want to talk to you to begin with about trauma and healing from that because I've opened up a little bit to you before we pressed record about my childhood and you know you had a similar experience uh not I mean different but 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 not the easiest childhood and and that I think sometimes takes you down a path of wanting to help others which is is what you're doing yeah, I really feel like the the spiritual path is often started through difficulty. And that's one thing a lot of people don't understand is that sometimes the most painful things, you know, lead us to our purpose. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, we choose what breaks us and what breaks us open. And, you know, my history a little bit, I've been on like a lot of podcasts and talked about it, but, you know, I was actually conceived like in a heroin rehab facility. <laughs> so my mom had um, struggled with addiction. Luckily she got clean from that, but then met my father. He was already married. There was a lot of difficulty in that. 
she struggled with addiction my whole life. My father was an alcoholic. There were so many challenges through her addiction. She had multiple marriages. I mean, probably aged, I don't even know, zero to 18. I don't, I couldn't tell you how many homes I lived in or how many, you know, we were on state assistance in the, in the UK, you'd call it like counselor state type situation. Yeah, so there yeah. was a lot of challenges and I left home at 17 Yeah, and put myself through university and tried to find my way out. But through all of that, I learned how important it was to, you know, how listening to your your own intuition, using, you know, the anger that you can have from your, from your pain that could actually can propel you forward. Like a lot of people are like, how'd you get through that? It's like, I was very angry that all that happened to me. And I kind of used that to push myself. So I just liked, and you know, my adulthood has also been very challenging with, with both of my parents having already passed. Um, my older sister passed, like I'm the oldest living person in my immediate family and I'm not that old. So yeah. Um, no, I love to, yeah, I like to share that because I feel like so many people have really challenging experiences and there's not a lot of people out here talking about it. So I love that you also are sharing that you've had this because if we look at the statistics, one in three people have had major traumas in their life and that's affecting all of us. And and you know, well know at this time, like we're having a mental health crisis. We've got to kind of talk about this and what are the things we can do to heal and move forward? Because there is something called post-traumatic growth. Yeah. It means those things that do happen to us can, you know, be the catalyst of healing to become who we're truly meant to be. Yeah. And I think it is so important to have these conversations because I felt totally alone when I was going through my my stuff, my family, my family, on the outside, I had a perfect childhood, a perfect mm. home, perfect parents, but behind closed doors, it was far from perfect. And my father was a very difficult, difficult man, hugely on the spectrum. And it was very traumatic living with him. And my mum and my brother and I fled. Mm. We, we, we escaped. Well, my brother was locked out of the house. It's a long story. But we fled and, and never went back. And it was terribly traumatic and then my father became obsessed with getting us back so it was mm. quite scary <laughs> very scary yeah. um for a period of time and then the effects of that on um my mother's mental health particularly absolutely she, she must have lived in fear all the time she did and it it traumatized her i mean yeah. it really traumatized her and she ended up having psychotic episodes um until she died which was heartbreaking to watch because she was the most phenomenal person but so badly damaged and um I I've had my demons my brother's had uh, big struggles as well and I I think it's so important to let other people know by having conversations that that they're not alone, but you can make changes to your life. You can heal, you can repair, and you can move forward, accepting the past, but leaving it behind. And when I look back on my family, my grandmother was was Jewish and fled um, mm. her homeland and, and came to the UK. She changed her name. She left all of that behind her and, and reinvented herself completely but she was a very troubled, difficult lady. And so my mother 
went from that childhood to then marrying my father at 18 and literally she jumped from the fire into the frying pan and And that was what love was for her you know that was what was modeled to her was difficulty and pain so she jumped right into and that's what so many of us do and we don't recognize that yeah exactly and I felt um I had a big wake-up call I had years of therapy, but not good therapy. And I had a moment when our eldest child was was a baby in my arms. And I was on the phone to my mom and I was absolutely fine. I was going about my day quite happily. And then I had a difficult conversation with her. She was not in a great place uh, mentally. And when I came off the phone, I could feel the anger and frustration in my body. Like my blood was boiling mm-hmm. and I could feel a different energy towards my baby from pr- the before the conversation and that was my light bulb moment of I need to do something about this I need to make some really important changes and break the cycle break the pattern yeah, and you would a lot call you the generational would, trauma and we yeah. would call you the in psychology the transitional character the one who rewrites the story yeah yeah because it's so important and you can do it Um, yes I love the saying that pain travels through families until someone has the the courage to feel it yes yes exactly Tori yeah can we talk about the pain that that was on your family yeah the pain the one thing I I did want to note was that your mom's response to her PTSD is very common and there is a book called the body keeps the score that talks about the normal problem the normal responses of trauma and a yeah. lot of things that are diagnosed, particularly in the West, are normal responses to trauma because people didn't know how to heal it very well back then. And we're getting better and better at it. But you also said, I didn't have good therapy. And that's one thing I always say is if you do have trauma in your past, make sure they really have a lot of experience and that you feel compassion and that you don't feel like they're making you think that anything's wrong. And also one thing I hear all the time is that sometimes they feel like their therapist is shocked by their stories. Yes. That's never a good sign. Um, <laughs> I, I've had that. I had a therapist. Who told me, I was 15 and she told me that I, sh- I should leave home. Now I'd been, uh, I had a very sheltered upbringing and I'd been privately educated. <laughs> Leaving home at 15 was not an option. You know, I had no, no, nor would it be for anyone. No. And she said, you're almost 16. I think you should leave home. And I, I never went back to see her again. Yeah. And also just like, I love what you reflected in your story that I think is so true is that um, nobody really knows what's going on at home. And that what we know about trauma is it crosses every financial barrier, every, you know, no matter what it looks like on the outside, that something could be going on in the inside. And that's so important. And in the US, they did this study called the ACEs or the Adverse Childhood Um, experiences and they kind of had these 10 major traumas and some of them were bad some of them weren't horrible like you know your parents getting a divorce for example was one of them but they found that these were in was not in a very like low class place you know it wasn't like doing this in a place where welfare or counselor state they did this in a healthy primarily Caucasian group in San Diego you know these were people had medical insurance and were were you know higher upper middle class and they found that most of them had trauma and these weren't these weren't even impoverished any inner city children these were normal healthy everyday kids and 
what they found over the time of their life. And this is what I always kind of say is sometimes we can get stuck in feeling like um, we can't heal it, but I always want to give people like the why. And it's because people had really bad health outcomes after that much trauma. You know, they saw like 400% increase in cardiovascular disease, depression, anxiety, all these things. So it's kind of like, even if you're not experiencing that yet, you know, having, even if you just had verbal abuse or you had a coach that was very difficult on you, like all of those things kind of think about what has given you stress and pain and just know that you can heal it and that there's good reason to do it. And it's never, never too late to do it either. It's never too late to do it. No, never too late. I, I am, yeah, really aware of that. Um, and I think, I also think, I, I don't know if I'm right, but unless you've actually properly dealt with the trauma, you can't move forward completely. You know, it yes. will still come back to rear its ugly head when you're least expecting it. Yeah, I really feel like we don't understand how it affects us because the, the key to all change is awareness. And a lot of times we're not completely aware that what happened to us affected us. And yeah. I even remember, you know, being a young psychology student sitting in classes going, oh, wow, that's me. Oh, wow. Like, I, you know, I knew my, my mom had struggled with addiction. I knew my dad was absent. Like I knew, I kind of knew these things weren't quite normal necessarily because I didn't talk about them with my friends, of course, yeah. but I didn't really understand until I got older. And that's the thing is we really can't because whatever we grew up in, it feels normal to us, no matter how chaotic or, yeah. you, you know, you can talk to your friends maybe when you get older and you think like, oh gosh, my situation was different, but it really takes us breaking away from that family unit sometimes to totally understand it. But yeah, then we need to acknowledge it for ourselves. And I like to say that no matter what the pain is, we have to acknowledge it or it does come out in other negative ways. And, it, and trauma primarily shows up in our bodies, how we feel and our, our love and our love relationships. You know, that can be with our children. That can be with partners. It can be how we relate with others, how we see the world, how safe we feel in the world. Do we, do we yeah. trust ourselves? Do we trust other people? Those are kind of some signs I always tell people to look for in themselves so that they know, oh, maybe I've got something going on that yeah. needs my attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I think it's really, you know, having this conversation I really want to encourage other people just to take a moment, just to think and, and and look at themselves and think you know actually is this resonating do I need to, to to find somebody to do some work um and and make some make some positive changes in my life and it doesn't Absolutely. need to be scary it's also quite liberating too because Absolutely. you can then start to feel free and enjoy living your life and move forward and that's actually really exciting and really empowering yeah, I love to think of it as kind of like if you think of anything in your past and it gives you a little bit of a trigger, or you don't want to think about it or it feels painful, then you've got some work to do around whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's lots of ways that we avoid our pain. <laughs> sometimes yeah. we don't want to think about it. Sometimes we get busy. Sometimes, you know, we'll we'll feel bad if we think about it. So it's like there are parts of my life, of course, that are still painful that are that are closer in in time but when I think about my childhood and no matter how like even as crazy difficult as it was like I can talk about it now I can see the gifts in it now like it doesn't 
it doesn't have that trigger for me that it did maybe when I was 20, you know, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it. I would have been maybe a little bit embarrassed or ashamed or, or triggered by it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. And I, I feel it's important that, you know, you need to work through things before you can healthily share them. Yes. Um, you need Otherwise, to- sometimes we're tra- what they call trauma dumping. Like we're talking about it, but we're not. And you can kind of feel it when someone does that. They're yeah. sharing, but not from a healed place, from a very like raw. Oh, yeah, yeah, like like take this, take this pain away from me. And unfortunately, we're the only one. You know, we can find great healers and and guides, but we are the one. We are the only ones who can put it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, can we take a change of tact now mm-hmm. and talk about spirituality and um and, and spirits and things? Because I um I was listening to something about you talking about, you know, the soul and um how you know we come back um in, in you know in different forms and different, you know, in different ways. And that was really fascinating listening to you talking about that can we will you talk to us a little bit about it and and yeah I also love to share that like the spiritual work is kind of the basis for self-healing I believe like I love psychology I'm very well trained in western psychology but it's really a spiritual work that takes things to the next level because psychology can give you the how but spirituality really gives you the why and I think a lot of our problems today is our disconnection from ourselves and from, from something greater, whatever we believe that is. There doesn't, you know, to me, to define spirituality is being connected to your soul and connected to the divine or the source or spirit. You know, I my ancestry is Native American, so we have a lot of different beliefs too. <laughs> so I want, you know, whatever is authentic to you. But the soul, think of the soul as like our individual piece of the divine. It is whole, it never breaks apart. And it is believed in many traditions that it follows through each lifetime with us, that the the soul is the core of who we are, the, the animated part of what makes us who we are, right? We, we're born into a baby body that becomes an adult body. And what makes you you through all of that is your soul. Yeah. And the mind learns all these things about who we should be and how we should be in our family of origin and what the culture tells us, but the soul really knows who you are and that, and when we learn to connect to that part of us, then we know what the truth is. We know what's right for us. We know who, like who we are at the deepest sense and what we need to do to align to that truth. But almost every great, um, I think even the Pope said something about being, you know, that the soul is, is eternal. And what we know from science is that energy can never be created nor destroyed. So when we pass, you know, it's believed that the soul is is the eternal part and the body is kind of like a shoe (laughs) and it leaves and it's learned its lessons and it goes to kind of another dimension and then it can come back and reincarnate. And there, of course, are new souls. There's so, you know, I've read so many different fascinating books. A good friend of mine does Akashic record readings and I've learned, I've learned a ton from her about the soul, but yeah, I think it was recorded that over 97% of people in the world believe in a soul. So I think that's pretty cool. And it shows how, you know, regardless of their, spiritual beliefs yeah yeah they kind of it's kind of we all know that's true and if I ask you like to point at yourself we often point at the heart and that's kind of where they believe that the the soul is residing in the center of us 
Yeah, that's fascinating. Do you think do you think when people say listen to your gut, it that it could be another way of saying listen to your soul? Like I like yeah. You and talk. You know, yeah. the that's a really good point and a way to I think of to think of it. We can recognize it as a gut feeling because it's more visceral, it's in the body. Like, you know, we can feel sick to our stomach when something doesn't feel yeah. right. Yes. Or we can when we're really, really stressed, we won't be able to eat or we'll want to overeat. You know, some we all yes. go a different way. Uh, so it's yeah. like and now we know from neuroscience that the gut and the brain are connected, but really like if we look at the the Vedic system from the yogas, like the third chakra is our chakra of personal power. The fourth is our heart. And so it's like that intersection of those two spaces is our truth. And that's where we actually feel it in the body. Cause yeah. it's like the soul's the part of us. That's also a co-creator with the divine, with the universe, with, you know, if we make choices that feel good to us, we're going to have a better outcome. We can all relate to that moment that we didn't listen to our gut. We yeah. went out with that person or we didn't say no <laughs> or you stayed in that relationship and you kind of look back and go oh gosh I knew back then but I I didn't listen yeah why did I do that thing yeah and I think we're actually taught to disconnect from that and look for outside authority and so that's why we do that particularly I find in women they will get that gut feeling that intuitive hit but it's so subtle that then they go talk to everyone and try to see like Am I right? Am I wrong? And I think we kind of use looking for approval. Yeah, we're also just trying to make sure that we're right, you know. And it's hard. So it's really hard to listen to that when it doesn't have any logical basis sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's really fascinating. I um talking about sort of souls and 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 things. I my my mother died very suddenly. Um, she went to bed. I spoke to her at nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to bed and she didn't wake up and it was a November evening and we were aware that it didn't feel quite right at home and there were a few mm-hmm. friends that felt a presence and particularly a couple of dogs actually were always sort of barking at a particular yeah, they always know <laughs> in a room and I it just got me thinking mum was very spiritual uh, mm-hmm. she was very religious but very spiritual and she always believed in and talked about setting your soul free and this kept coming back to me um setting your soul free and so we had a service in the room where she died um and we opened all the windows and it's never felt the same there um the property is still still in the family and there's a very different atmosphere and I really feel that her soul was set free then, but it had been trapped. Does mm-hmm. that make any sense? Well, from what I've read, and I've read a lot of different books, um, the soul definitely can be confused with a sudden passing, yeah. meaning that it just doesn't feel like everything's complete. Yeah. And my intuitive sense was like, she didn't get a chance to really maybe say goodbye. But then I also know on a deeper level her soul got what it came to get and it felt complete, but it wasn't, um, complete for her completely. Like in, you know, she was kind of like, I didn't. Mother was due to go and stay the following day with her and the bed was all ready. And there were things on the, you know, she'd bought him a shirt. She'd bought him some, some sweets and some chocolate. He was in his 
thirties, but she still did the same thing. And you know, she didn't get to say goodbye to him. Um, yeah. and... So she was probably waiting. And sometimes we do need to, um, like, from my friend's work, she kind of teaches that we have to call in certain, you know, angels to help guide the soul as well. There's a certain group of angels that help to guide us, and so that's what I really believe in is, you know, prayer. And then from my my heritage of, you know, really using like sage and cedar and, and cleansing the space. Cause you know, that home became then a portal for her to pass over. Yeah. That's why yeah. a lot of people don't like hospitals. I think is because of the energy yeah. there's a heavy, you know, it's like um, the UK, I think you guys call it ho hollowed ground where like a lot of people passed. Yeah. 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 Same thing. Like any kind of burial ground or where wars happened, it, it leaves a huge energetic imprint. And so oh, gosh, it we, does. And if you go to my husband, loves going um he, he's big into military history and we've been to some of the um the, the places in france where lots lots hundreds of people were di died and were buried and you know the battle of the somme and things like that and the energy is quite something it's heavy yeah you can feel really it heavy. yeah yeah i can't visit those places like i've never actually i've i've avoided it but every time i go to new york i avoid the 9 11 towers because i can't i know two thousand souls passed there and i'm like yeah. i don't i went we went i wasn't planning on talking to you about this but we went to <laughs> france and i can't remember the name of it. it begins with an o and it it's a it's a town where um the nazis took over they invaded they they circled it and hundreds of people were killed the women and children were put into the church and then shot to pieces and they've kept it as it was as a sort of memorial and we went to visit it when I was pregnant with our first child and I was I was traumatized actually yeah by the whole thing um because my mother's family are, are Jewish and I I was really distressed by it really distressed um and it could have activated your um Jewish ancestral trauma as well because we do carry those lines you know we're starting to be able to prove that now with genes with with stress markers being turned on that shouldn't be turned on for that person's life experience but they can see it but if you even think of it from a very basic perspective all humans are scared of certain things right like snakes yeah. spiders heights yeah and that's all because that's what kept us alive so think about for certain ancestral lines what genes might have gotten turned on to protect them and yours yeah. were probably activated in that moment that sense of like this is dangerous for me yeah yeah definitely definitely it was um and I really struggle with watching you know the things to do with yeah the war yeah and I'm I'm a big believer in don't re-traumatize yourself you know we we've got to anchor ourselves sometimes to peace like we know watching the news too much lowers happiness oh. scores <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it raises cortisol oh, don't we we have to do things that 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 help us and comfort us and so maybe yeah. that leads in nicely to talking about um ayurvedic um because that is you know five thousand years old you know ways of 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 healing and looking after ourselves will you talk to us a little bit about it you know yeah about no it's actually a great um, segue because when we look at tra healing trauma, we do want to start with the body too. A lot of people think, oh, I've got to get into a therapist. And yes, that's great. Do that too. But really calming your body because that's where we get triggered. That's, that's the nervous system. And Ayurveda is a very old science. It's actually the sister science to yoga. And 
yoga is actually all about the mind, even though we relate it to the physical past postures of the body, you know, going to a yoga class, but it's actually really about self-actualization, meditation, understanding the, the mind, how it works, how to work with negative thoughts, all that kind of stuff. And then we go into Ayurveda, which is the care of the body through using the balance of nature. So the basic of Ayurveda science and medicine is using opposites to heal the body, opposite energies. So the most basic way to think about that is, you know, during the summer, we don't want you to live on hot tea and hot soup. Your body would be too overheated. Summer Mm -hmm. is the time when you want to eat fresh fruits and vegetables and cool drinks. And we're trying to cool the body. And so what's fascinating about Ayurveda is we actually take the type of the body, whether that's an air, earth, or fire type of body, and we treat it with opposites. So someone who has a lot of air dosha or vata dosha or type, think, is going to have dry skin, constipation, be more prone to anxiety, be very social, be more worried than other people. And so we want to do the opposite. You know, we're going to put oil on the body. We're going to do more, more nourishing oily foods that this is not a person who should be drinking lots of caffeine or, or eating lots of salads, but that's what they like to do. I'm very Vata and I loved all those things. We're usually addicted to our imbalances. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating, that, isn't it? How we're drawn to the things that actually don't suit us. Absolutely. It's like, you know, you would hope that our intuition would guide us to the very thing, but it, it doesn't always. And then you have a fire type person who's a little bit more Uh, the pitta, they are going to be kind of like a bull. They're going to be very direct and they are going to be more prone to anger, flushed skin, light hair, um, more athletic of a build. They're going to need a lot of sports, but they have a sharp mind, a good intellect. They're going to want it. They're going to be prone to overworking, overthinking, overdoing and getting too angry. (laughs) So they have to think cool, calm and collected. So they are going to need like, um, lighter foods, meditation, like calming practices. Then we've got kapha, which is earth, which is going to be more prone to being overweight. They're going to want to eat heavier foods. They're going to have a good memory, but they're actually going to need to balance themselves by getting going. So if, if we're experiencing kind of that heaviness, that lethargy and kapha is a very good dosha to have, it's actually the strongest one, but they also need to be like, you know, walking a lot doing more in like hit exercise is the type that's the type that they need that because if you keep hot moving, to do what probably the last thing they want to do oh for sure yes and you know that that they, they need lighter bitter food so it's a complete system and once you you can find a dosha quiz online so you can understand it and just make sure that if you take that kind of quiz that you look at your lifetime of how you've been because we have we have imbalances so even if I'm a very vata person I can have a kapha imbalance Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a it's a lot to understand but it's really just knowing that it gives you a complete under like understanding of yourself and how to heal yourself so it's like I know as a vata person I have to oil I'm gonna during the winter I'm gonna get very dry I have to take care of that I might get more prone I might be more jumpy to loud noises so mm-hmm. I need to find quiet spaces. I need to be in nature, grounding, meditation, all those kinds of things. So it gives you kind of this complete understanding of, of what kind of lifestyle practices can you implement to take care of your body and your mind better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we can make such huge changes to how we feel and how we respond to things by looking after ourselves in the right way. 
Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much free information too on Ayurveda, but also working with a practitioner, there's so many around in your local area that can help you, but it will, you know, even to the types of food, it tells you everything from the type of food you should eat to what's the ideal schedule for you to the ideal type of exercise. And we're all a balance of those three energies too, by the way. So that's why kind of knowing your personal mix helps you. And it also helps us have less judgment. Cause it's like, if I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm a little bit like, I'm very intuitive, but I'm also a little bit spacey. So I can walk into a room forgot while I'm there. And I'm like, Oh, that's my Vata. <laughs> Instead of being like, Oh, why do I always forget everything? Right. Like it's just, yeah. or rather than beating or, yourself up, you can exactly. have exactly. Or, or maybe you get more frustrated with things or, you know, like my little brother has a lot more pizza and he's very prone to like, he gets very annoyed when he's driving and I'm like, like, you know, little road, road rage. Like, yeah, a little road rage, but it's like, oh, that's his pizza coming out. So yeah, you kind of have this more self-compassion for yourself as well. Yeah. It's really, really fascinating. Can we now move on to meditation a little bit? Because mm-hmm. One thing that really resonated listening to you talk on another podcast was um, about how you didn't meditate (laughs) (laughs) and uh, because I don't meditate. I've tried and it hasn't worked, but I'm very keen to because I think I think it's really important. No, it's so true. And you are not alone. So many of us Westerners have I think I think people in general have a hard time meditating. And I do want to preface this with when you've had trauma, it's also more hard to meditate because we're really sitting with all of that stuff. Not to say that that's true for you, but we learn how a lot of times when we've had trauma, we learn how to deal with it by keeping going, by keeping busy, by doing, doing, doing. Um, facing it. Yeah. And it, and it might just be, you know, even sitting with your thoughts that it feel annoying. It's like, well, it, think of it as just like a bad habit of being ourselves, right? Like I was very type A, very achievement oriented early in my twenties. And I started doing yoga at 21, but I didn't start meditating till I was like 31. And okay. I literally, like I resisted the heck out of it. Like I could not sit. I would just sit there for five minutes, like a couple minutes. And all I would think is I've got better things to do. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And so my guru finally said to me, like at the time at the, at the yoga studio, he said, do you want to meditate or do you want to be miserable? And that was finally the thing that kind of got through to me. And I, and, and of course my ego immediately said, well, I'm not miserable, but then if someone had told me back then what it could have done for me, I might have been more inclined. What we love, what, what I love now is there's so much science that supports it, but I will tell you that. Sorry, what if- does it do for us? Yeah. I mean, everything from, from lowering your blood pressure to lowering your cortisol to increasing your memory. You know, there's so many like physical things that the, that meditation does. And, and you, and this is like Harvard, Cambridge, you know, these amazing institutions have really proven this. So if you're having a hard time, like, look at if, if that, if that promotes you doing something, look up the science. Some people are that way. I used to be that way. I'm not anymore but I used to be very left-brained and like, you better prove it to me. <laughs> but the one thing I will say psychologically that it does is it, it helps us learn who we are at our core. So it helps us connect to our intuition. And the biggest thing for me is it's helped me become a lot less reactive to life around me. So if you really truly want to be a better person and a better partner, a better parent, yeah, then meditation is really the, the key because only through that massive self-awareness do you catch yourself in the space between something that annoys you and your response. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how do we do it? 
So start small, use a guided app. Like there's nothing wrong with that. The real, you know, the mind is very busy and I don't even want people to think that they're trying to sit there and empty their mind. They're not. The practice of meditation is actually just learning to sit there with yourself and your breath and make it easy for yourself. There's a great free app that anyone can download called Insight Timer. And you can search, you know, five minute meditation. Start with five minutes of just getting yourself in the habit of sitting there, breathing and connecting with, okay, these are all the thoughts I always have. That's what's fascinating is when you first start sitting there, you, you start to see what you're thinking about all the time and it will crack you up at first. So just be that observer and kind of laugh like, okay, so I'm always thinking about what I need to do next. Yeah. Or I'm always worried about one of my kids or I'm always, you know, and so it helps that power of that self-awareness when that starts to really ground in and you can take it a little bit further and a little bit further. You get so good at watching yourself that when your partner says something and you want to, you know, maybe either shut, depend, and we're all a little bit different, whether you want to say something and, and, and get triggered and snap at them or you shut down, you have that ability to go, oh, that really bothered me. like what am I going to do? I remember a time with, um, my, like when I was, I was married for a long time and I'll remember, I I still, to this day, remember when it really clicked for me, we were in the car and he'd said something really, really, um, that would have triggered me. He, he said, I was acting like a friend of ours who was not very kind to her husband. And I was like, Whoa. I am not. And yeah, normally I would have been like, Meh. you know, I would have said something. I would have been like, Shh. <laughs> like I, it would have started something. Right. Cause I'm very yeah. like reactive and that's how I grew yeah. up in a home that would, would have definitely said something. And I remember I thought, Oh, that didn't feel good, but I didn't say anything. And I sat for like a full day and I thought, okay, why did that upset me? What do I need to communicate to him about this? And all this stuff. And then I talked to him the next day and he was like, oh, he's like, sorry, I was just annoyed because, you know, something had broken on the car, like the d- back door had broken. It was this complete miscommunication. But that a year before that would have started a, a, a bicker, like, bickering fight wow. between yeah. us for yeah. sure. And so meditation will give you this like superpower of when your kids are driving you nuts, <laughs> you're not just going to go right to yelling if that's something you don't like. If if people trigger you or your boss is always annoying you, oh, a lot of those take a moment to think it through. Yes. Reacting, which is so important to do that, isn't it? Rather than just, um, because I think today, you know, you, you get emails and people expect an immediate response. You get text messages, you reply immediately. And actually sometimes it's good just to sit with it and then just reply properly. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it a go. Can you tell us the name of the app again? Yeah. It's Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T. So Insight Timer. And it's super. Link it down below in the show notes. Yeah. What's great about that app is like, like I said, it's completely free and they just have so many different options. So you can really try different things and see what works. I always say, become your own experimenter and yeah. see what you're willing to do. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be every day, but if you can, you know, just like working out, if you can, if you can start three times a week and make that commitment to yourself. And then also, if you keep the promise to yourself, that builds your self-confidence and your self-trust. A lot of people don't know that. That's the core of self-trust is keeping small promises to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Which is so important. I work out regularly and it's, it's been life-changing actually. Yeah. So that's so, and that's well, the meditation is, is the gym for your mental health. Yes. 
Yeah, and we have it really to, is. We really have to do it. And I find it a really good way to release tension and frustration and just get it all out. Um uh, uh, yeah, it's it's important. Yeah. And your meditations can become that too. You know, there's been times I've meditated where I've felt very good and there's been times that I've cried and you know, it's just like whatever is in there will kind of come out in the long run. But you know, start start small and make it easy. I always say the five minutes that you actually do are better than the the 50 times you avoided it. Yeah. <laughs> right, this has been amazing. I know that we're a little bit short on time. I still have hundreds of questions. <laughs> we can always do part two <laughs> do part two because I want to talk yeah. about patient animals and all sorts of other things you are just so knowledgeable and um I've loved having this conversation with you thank you very very much for coming and talking to us and will you just tell our listeners where they can find where they can find you where they can get in touch with you yeah, so my website is Tori Janae, T-O-R-I-J-E-N-A-E.com. And then also you can find me on Instagram at Manifest Soul Success. Brilliant. And Facebook as well. But yeah, I, that's always an easy way. I will leave your details linked down below in the show notes. But thank you so much for giving up your time today and coming to chat to us. I've loved this conversation and found it fascinating. Oh yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. I would be really grateful if you are enjoying my podcast, if you would just take a moment to hit the subscribe button. It helps other people know that we exist and I would be so grateful of that. And leave me a review. The more subscribers we have, the more episodes I can put on for you. So please just take a moment and hit the subscribe button.